It don't matter what I try I just can't win and I don't know why There's a fork in every road I pick the wrong one and then I go American loser, yes I am Disenfranchised from everything well, I fall up and I fall down What's the show we're listening to? Welcome back to American Loser. We are live, live, I should say, in our time. And, uh, you know, we'll put this out on YouTube for you suckers as well. We're trying to figure out what's going on with our iTunes feed right now because last week's episode did not make it onto iTunes, but made it onto all the other platforms. And, of course, it was about a conspiracy theory. That's it. That's it. We're being watched and we're under surveillance for sure. Put your tinfoil hat on. The truth is out there. But we got to introduce ourselves. It is If it is your first time watching the show, the show is called American Loser. We put the spotlight firmly on second place, telling you weird and bizarre stories from American history. This week, we will not let you down. We have a damn good one again here. Yeah, absolutely. My name's KP Burke. I've been a stand-up comic in New Jersey for the last decade, and that's why I have no money, <laughs> and I can't right. afford a proper host. Look at you coming being to my all, house for dinner, but that, look at you being all another. self-aware. Uh, they're thawing out a chicken cutlet for me right now that's that they're going to put outside for me in the rain. <laughs> Of course, uh, uh, to my right is uh, my handsome Dilf of a dad. So uh, glad to have you here on the show, LP. Welcome uh, back from Aruba. Yeah, good to be here. Yeah. Well, we had a, an awesome uh, destination wedding uh, last week and uh, had to spend a couple of extra days down there in the in one happy island of Aruba. But yeah, we're back. We're back. Yeah, shout out to the Galganos there. Good Absolutely. To, uh, congratulations. It's a wedding that you're not going to forget for certain. I hear you. And to for proof, for video proof that the people did not think that maybe he was actually in Aruba. Just go ahead and show them that. Oh, scene. yeah, there yeah, we go. There, now Thank we're you talking. for highlighting the vitiligo on that's the top right. of my head, but that's Well, right. actually, if we um, if we take a marker to that, it's actually an that's old right. Freemason symbol. Yeah, oh, if you connect the dots, there's a, there's a whole <laughs> thing. <going laughs> <on there too. laughs> Might be a treasure map, too. I don't know. We're going to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> 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 and, of course, uh, in Kahuna Vision, uh, in three Two, one. Well, what's up, guys? There it is. The other side of the fence. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, it is the star of Clerks. Oh, Day. stop it. It's out now. I saw it. The great Nick Franco was uh, <laughs> kind enough to bring me with him uh, over to uh, the seven o'clock premiere at uh, the Count Basie. Which, by the way, um, it cracked me up because uh, it's it's also called the Hackensack Meridian Health Center. Yeah. So <laughs> Nick Franco made me walk with him into the Hackensack Meridian Health Center, sitting there trying to figure out where the movie was playing. Like, we're looking oh, no. around like this is a hospital i'm sure it's at the count basie right and nick's like oh i mean uh, it says up here it's a oh my god <laughs> and nick and i had a walking yeah, tour close. of we're all close. of red bank there you go <laughs> but we ate at the dublin house beforehand so we were able to walk there up some of that go. good old-fashioned grease but uh i i, I won't uh, we can't get him too emotional here folks he has a job to do but yes uh a highlight uh a highlight of my evening and in the, the years of knowing you was getting to see you uh, live on screen in a Kevin Smith production. All right. And then getting to see uh, if I don't think we've ever revealed your true identity on the show. And I Not don't know fully. If you want. I think uh, we, we've alluded to it. Do you want to say what your credit was in the movie? Because I thought well, it was we, pretty cool. This is why we yeah. have to put them behind, uh, the, behind the fence. Well, I mean, so when, you watch, so, we'll, from, uh, so when you watch the movie and if you so if you look for credit for with a character named True Believer, that's 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 my character. But what's really dope about that scene is 
is that my dad sings over my scene. Oh, mm-hmm. that's very cool. That that uh and Kevin has talked about this a couple of times on air on Fat Man Beyond, but he said that he was like it was pitch perfect because that's not going to matter to most people, but it's going to matter to the people who matter. And I <laughs> and I I, I could have just died right there. I'm good. Well, please don't. We have much yeah, more really. to get out of here. <laughs> right? But that's uh, that's definitely a highlight uh, for sure. And it's um, please check out Clerks Three as well. It was Big absolutely time. hysterical. It's a great fucking movie. O'Halloran kills it. Everybody was great in it. I, I laughed the entire movie. Um, it was awesome. And again, thank you to Nick Franco for uh, stepping up and hooking me up with uh, some ticks. Because I forgot shout to out, ask. Shout out to the Count Basie Theater who now has the perfect system in play to give their patrons heat stroke and then wheel them over to the fucking hospital <laughs> there you go no seriously that theater was so hot it was ridiculous just a gurney right away right, right? just <laughs> just right there and a security guard that literally looked like lafleur's from mall rats oh my god <laughs> oh man fucking force but i will say this man i'm very very proud of you and uh and we like hanging on to you and your artistic uh abilities as long as we can keep you someday you're going to move on from this bad boy yeah i, I so, don't know he's making moans about going elsewhere he's going to become a, a part-time west coaster i don't think so a brief a brief west coaster uh, yeah or a visit a anyway. sojourn a visit yeah <laughs> but it's a business it's a business thing so you know you never can tell so we'll have to figure that one out. We'll uh, we'll plot the next episode here soon too. But uh, we have kicked the show up a notch to another level. Thank you. By the way, all this stuff we get to do, uh, paying the Kahuna to sit there on the monitor, have the cameras up and running. Uh, you know, obviously the shared universe takes excellent care of us. We appreciate that one. Um, Ming has all the fun toys here. Kahuna is the one who knows how to use them. So uh, that's, that's right. <laughs> that's right. But uh, we we certainly appreciate that. And uh, thank you so much to all the people over at the Founding Losers. Because of your donations, for as little as $3 a month, you're able to help keep this bad boy afloat. Thank you. It goes away without you. I'm being honest. I can't afford at this point. We sunk everything else I had into a little project known as Escape from Jacksonville, directed by Christian Cordes, whoever the hell that is. And uh, that one's still doing the rounds, doing the work as well. And I got a bunch of stand-up dates coming up. You can check that out over at Sucks on Instagram. That being said, we do have a killer topic for you here today yes we do it has every part of a good american loser story and i like not, to think not real hard to find a jersey connection today no this one was rather <laughs> easy and my favorite part is that uh we won't say what town kahuna lives in but yet again this is uh the small um, world we live in the historical right. uh references uh there is a major part of today's story that takes place in your one of your new backyards are you kidding me? Uh-huh. Yep, we Absolutely. we creeped him out last week with Ong's hat when he uh, he did a little Google <laughs> and he goes he goes hang on if I make how many wrong turns I'm in another dimension pretty much <laughs> pretty much and thank you to Joe Conti for filling in uh, last week but uh, now we can do something more scholarly effort here uh, Lawrence Patrick so I'll give uh, it a go I'm going to say this one when you die via hanging and it causes the first international incident in American history. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think you should be a little bit more well-remembered than with a restaurant and a few parks in New Jersey. Small parks, too. They're not, not major. Yeah, <laughs> Bon Jovi stuff. gets a rest area. County, okay? county parks. <laughs> this guy was uh, – I mean, he's it, again, this is why I like this topic so much and people are already going to know who we're talking about here. But if you've ever been to uh, Huddy's Inn in Colts Neck, um, that place is kind of uh, uh, paying tribute to this gentleman, Joshua Huddy, we're going to talk about today. Who, depending on who you're talking about uh, or what circles you're talking within, he was either a hyper-violent bastard pirate criminal who used the cause of the American Revolution as a, a permission to vandalize things and murder people. Or 
He was an American hero whose death still has yet to be avenged. Kev, one man's... All the above? It's a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. One man's terrorist one is another man's, man's freedom fighter. One man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. I hear you. But uh, like I said, Bon Jovi gets a rest area, and uh, his biggest accomplishment was working the beekeeper angle for a tax break. So, um, <laughs> But when you read the tale of today's American loser, Joshua Huddy, you get all the ingredients in a quality American loser pie. A little hero combined with some questionable motives. Some people love him. Some people hate him. And oh, yeah, of course – the abrupt ending of his life and the legacy that outlives him. <laughs> That's it. So, folks, today, Joshua Huddy. Now, I'm going to ask the good, uh, the good man uh, behind uh, the Kahuna Vision over there, uh, Kahuns. Had you ever heard of this gentleman, Joshua Huddy, beforehand? I have not actually. Uh, I mean, no. I was going to say it does sound kind of familiar, but it, it's it's such an old timey name that like you could have brought it up in passing and I probably wouldn't have taken a second guess at it. Yeah, he's uh, he's pretty fascinating. And if you uh I'll tell you what, if you wouldn't mind bringing up um the uh arrest photo. The arrest? The arrest photo. So that is um I'm well, assuming he's in the middle. Yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Surrounded by swords and daggers and pistols and <laughs> yeah. Now does he look like what what does he look like to you in that picture, Cahoons? He looks like he has an excellent mustache. Ooh, all right. <laughs> hang on, hang on. <laughs> it is an excellent mustache. He's dressed kind of in um, American Revolutionary Era regalia, mm -hmm. um, but he's also got a little bit of a pirate flair going on to him, too. He looks rough around the edges, and he's certainly not being treated um, – uh, it, it seems like his captors are wary of him, <laughs> yeah. even as his uh, his hands are chained behind his back. <laughs> so um, he's an interesting guy over here. He'll be born in Salem County, New Jersey. And will be uh, he'll meet his death in Monmouth County, New Jersey. So when you die at the shore, folks, you die <laughs> at the right. shore. Born at the when shore, you die, die at the shore. <laughs> when you die at the shore, you die for real. Uh, that's the problem, man. It's uh, it could get way, way worse. Um, now again, Salem County is interesting here. So it, it's technically he's born. He, he's the cause of death. By the way, is he is hung to death. Got his neck stretched to death. Correct. So uh, he would – you can actually say he was Ouch. born, raised, and then raised again by the neck. Oh, God damn, KP. <laughs> <laughs> Come that's on, it. man. That's right. Made that's, a little bit taller. Yeah. That's a – bring out the tongue loosener. He died 5'9", was buried 6'3". <laughs> that's, that's right. Oh, man. It's – um. Now, New Jersey, by the way, is considered the crossroads of the American Revolution. We talk about the show a lot because it's in our own backyard. We like to talk about weird things we drive past. We got a little bit of weird pride in the state. Um, but it really is, actually is truly considered the crossroads of the American Revolution. Now, that being said, it's mostly due to how integral its geography was during the whole uh, – think about it for a second. You have the two biggest cities on the – two of the three biggest cities on the East Coast are New York and Philadelphia, Right. Uh, New York, which falls in and out of American hands or patriot hands versus loyalist hands, uh, and then Philadelphia, which is uh, split kind of down the middle. That they're going to have the you know th the Congress is going to be meeting over there, and they're going to be writing out the Declaration of Independence. But also, all the loyalists are over there too. It's a strange. Yeah, and the British did capture Philadelphia, which exactly was right. And Boston is a wild, wild town up north, right? Um, but there's still going to be some you know the, the English are paying heavy attention up there. So if you like to look at it this way. Um, you have uh, New York City is one butt cheek. Uh, Philadelphia is the other butt cheek. And New Jersey, baby, we're that shitty part in the middle. All right? But without us, well, shit no ain't happening. That's true. <laughs> without so, us, there's no tri-state area. It's the truth on that one, man. And I'll tell you what. Uh, this is kind of worth mentioning here too. Um, 
New Jersey will host several large-scale battles, countless skirmishes, and then uh, also uh, several of Washington's own headquarters in our very own state at this time. That's right. And uh, Joshua Huddy would join the ranks of the American Patriot cause in the 1770s. But first, he'd have to spend some time uh, coming of age, if you will, or what other people would refer to as a, uh, a misspent youth. <laughs> Misunderstood youth. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go with that one. The, uh, <laughs> so uh, Huddy grows up- Excitable in- boy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hey, anytime we can squeeze in a Warren Zevon reference on go. the show, I'm in. So, uh, Huddy will grow up in Salem, New Jersey, where he is the oldest of seven brothers. He is the grandson of a very well-known judge and is widely known as a troublemaking rebel. So much so, in fact, and this is how you know, this is how you know this was legit, okay? He gets disowned by the Quakers. He's a Quaker. He's being raised in a Quaker community in Salem, New Jersey. And, he- and the Quakers are like, hey, you're out. Okay, enough of this stuff here. All right, we don't have time for your bad boy, you know, nonsense. We're we're good, peaceful Quakers, and uh, you like to gamble and uh, you know whore around and uh, get into fights and you know you're yeah. all your sorts of all sorts of no good is what this questionable stays activities. To. <laughs> yeah, and the Quakers in New Jersey that was a pretty large uh, population because I mean. Uh, William Penn was in in Philadelphia or Pennsylvania, and there was a an overflow, if you will, of, of Quakers into New Jersey. So, uh, New Jersey had a pretty large uh, Quaker population, South Jersey and uh, North Jersey as well. But yeah. And a side note: uh, George Washington is rumored to have hated the Quakers because he couldn't get them on board to fight. Right. Josh Huddy, he might have been raised a Quaker, but he was not afraid of getting into a fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Um, his rebel streak will actually see him get arrested and convicted on several counts of assault, several counts of theft, sodomy. <laughs> That's not within the Quaker. Uh... I'm just kidding. He didn't do that part. <laughs> I want to see, make sure Cahoon is paying attention. <laughs> I'm like, why? Out of all the fucking things. There we go. A, and specifically, this one was actually when he got he did some jail time for this, not paying his debts. I don't know if you remember Cahoon's, but there was a thing back in the day that uh, loser devotees will remember known as debtor's prison, yeah, which meant right. that until until recently when Joe Biden forgave all that student loan, the entire population that went to college right. should have been in prison. So um, even some of the most wealthy folks in America were not immune to that. Lose reception, Robert Morris. So uh, in order to get himself out of debtor's prison, Joshua Huddy was forced to sell a 300 acre. Dad, uh, the yeah. house you live in now, how many acres is that? Five eighths. Of an Five acre. eighths of an acre, <laughs> just a little squeak over a half acre. So, uh, yeah, if you had three hundred of your property that you and my, you know, my mother have retired to now, which is uh, nearby uh, the Huddy House, or, right, <laughs> or Huddy's Inn, I should say. I had a couple of good meals there. Absolutely, uh, it's, it's a good spot. It's yep. a good place to talk a little treason um, in the back rooms. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, shout out Tyler Prysock. <laughs> um, but. Uh, if you had, you know, three hundred of those, you still would not have as much property as Joshua Huddy was forced to sell to get out of jail. Right. Of so, right. Yeah. To get out of debtor's prison. And three hundred acre plantation at that particular point in time, too. That's a sizable uh track of, of land. That's not like uh today's standards where you have mechanized uh, farming. This is all, you know, uh hand grunt work. Well, I'll tell you what, um, we're going to do a little foreshadowing here because you know what I'm going to throw to throw to you for in a little bit. All right. So don't say the guy's name. But you did do a little research because I believe you, you stumbled upon something 
different communities, specifically digit, different like religious sects, um, they kind of approached the uh, the idea of slavery differently. You had indentured servitude where they were bringing people over and you would work for a rich lord for seven years and then be freed. Uh, and then the Quaker community, you kind of stumbled upon something here that maybe they were um, – and again, it's such a difficult thing here. So I'm going to say it out loud again, all right? The official policy of American <laughs> loser. American loser. We is, all stand together is on this. People shouldn't own people. That's it. <laughs> Not hard to say. Slavery is a bad thing. So um, this is Big Kahuna, and I approve this message. <laughs> unlike Ken Krantz and his show, I Love Rock and Roll, where they are pro slavery. <laughs> I couldn't even get through it. No, you couldn't. You tried doing it with a straight face, and you just failed. Oh, that was great. Oh, man. Ken will never hear it. He's not on this episode. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I love Ken Krantz. He has a great show called I Love Rock and Roll that uh, the Kahuna is also a part of. So check that one out and support him, man. He's great. We love him. That's why we tease him so much. Um, but you found out something interesting about how the Quakers, their, their handling of slavery for the most part, and then that this person was a misnomer within that for later on. So don't give away the name, but kind of yeah, a cool well, fact you found at, out. At this particular point in time, New Jersey happened to be the second largest uh, slaveholding colony. We're not, we're not states yet. We're colonies. But uh, the second largest slaveholding colony in the north, now down south is a whole different story, but... Uh, New Jersey was only second only to New York as far as the amount of uh, people that were in bondage, um, in servitude. Um, and the estimate is about 8,200 um, slaves within New Jersey at this particular time. Now, that might sound like a relatively small number, but you got to remember the population is not really yet large yeah, I think at I, what's this it, point a, either. Per capita is probably yeah, the, right, the right. way you got to frame that. Right. But, but – um, the Quakers at this particular point in time are starting to come around to the idea that maybe slavery is not a good idea. Uh, don't say. As, yeah, as a, <laughs> as a religious uh, organization, if you will, um, their beliefs were that if you did have slaves, you should educate them and you should also set them free upon their 21st birthday. So, um, you know, once you – achieve the age of, of 21 be a good idea that you're going to now set this person free and also equip them for life a little bit better by having to be able to read and write. Hey, that's not a bad 21st birthday. Yeah, you get your you freedom go. and you can drink now. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. Right. And you can write down your order. Uh, also that, true. Yeah. So that's um that's the way that the Quakers were kind of handling that. Now that there that doesn't mean that everybody in the community was handling this with a uh, uh, a gentle uh, approach to it because uh, the guy we're going to talk about in a second was treated like a total piece of shit. Um, I mean, we're and- still talking about like, yeah, we'll set him free at 21. I mean, those first 21 years though, we're they're gonna, ours, baby. We're going to work you like a rented mule. Even worse. Coons, wait till you hear about, um, <laughs> yeah. you, you loaded the picture up. When we talk about the, the gentleman we're going to refer to as Colonel T., you pity the fool that crosses Colonel T. You understand? <laughs> <laughs> it's about time to pull so, up a photo. Uh, not yet, because he comes in towards the the last half of the story. But he's um, this is a great casting couch for you. Ooh, um, we haven't done one of those in a minute. You got it. And I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, Josh Huddy is such a character too that you're going to get a kick out of him. So I, I start thinking about it as we tell the story. Colonel Ty was his official name. Okay. Um, and then also uh, Josh Huddy. Try to think of people to cast for those two right there. It's pretty good stuff. Copy that. Um, 
Now, ladies like the bad boys, all right? So, of course, uh, which is, you know, which is why I struggle here, you know? It's, uh, I'm too nice of a guy, they say. You yeah, know? you're just too sweet. I am. Uh, our girl Chelsea told me I have beautiful eyes. That's all she's discovered about uh, the, the most recent, you know, most recent video incarnation of this show. Yeah, but it is what it is. My voice is nice, too, but I'm too nice. That's the problem, so... Anyway. You need an edge, Kev. That's why I just say bitch at the end of every sentence now. (laughs) There you (laughs) go. Try to fake being a tough guy. Um, But old Joshy, by the way, is never going to be without a lady by his side. His uh, first wife, Mary Borden, who will sadly pass away before her husband could reach his final form, which is American pirate. Um, Huddy will father two daughters with Mary, though. Now, in the 1770s, as tensions are rising in the colonies and a movement towards independence is becoming, you know, really something unavoidable, New Jersey isn't, uh, they're pretty much divided into three real groups uh, in when it comes to the thoughts on the matter of revolution. One third of the population is behind the patriot cause and pro-revolution. Hoorah! Another third of the population is staunchly loyalist to the British crown. God save the king. Well, yeah, well, we tried with the queen. It didn't go so good, you know? Well, Sorry at about that, that time, it's the king. Uh, that also true too, but uh, you know what? Topical. You okay. know. Yeah, I understand. Current events. Current events. Well, everyone on the show is Irish, so. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, but anyway, um, the, then that's the other third, right? Is going to be staunchly loyalist to the British Crown, and the last third does not care. Okay, I got right. got to get out there and, and got to feed these hogs. And leave me the f alone, and let me get on with my uh, with my life. Yeah, and the way to get most of them on board is that they would sit there and they would say, uh, "The American, the Patriot cause," would come over and say, "Hey, they call it Taylor Ham up north. It's pork roll, damn it." <laughs> That's right. And then there Central Jersey, we don't give a shit. <laughs> Someday, Cahoon, I'll tell you my Central Jersey joke, and you can decide whether or not to put me through a wall for it. Fair enough, I got you. <laughs> I'll have a I'll have LP build me like a, a sheet of drywall that I could just throw you through you just for the there occasion. For the smack, maybe a ta- maybe try to break break them with this table. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Ming will love that. A little different um, than a folding table from the wrestling, but that'll get us kicked out of here finally. <laughs> <laughs> but um, now it's interesting because Joshua Huddy is immediately in the first third. Of course, what is a wild boy to do when given a chance to rebel against the system that saw him thrown behind bars? Sure, he'd been convicted of assault before, but that's what made him so worthy of his eventual (laughs) commission in 1777 as a captain in the Monmouth County Militia. All right. Uh, G-dubs, that's what we call George Washington on this show. Uh, G-dubs needed men ready to fight that also knew how to fight. So what better way to harness a rebel without a cause than to give this rebel a cause? A cause. (laughs) So uh, they're figuring it all out on that one, man. And of course, we are here at the Bellworks too, so some calamity is going to take place in the background at some point. If you can hear that, I apologize. Don't but. jinx us! <laughs> oh, step class is coming in, guys. There's a clogging event upstairs. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, um, too, I, you ought to tell the listeners, he got from Salem County, now he's up in Monmouth County. Um, did you get into how... Uh, how he came about to be moving on up into Monmouth County from South Jersey to Central Jersey. Well, uh, moving on up. He, there is some of that, but also he is that wild boy reputation kind of gets him uh, given the, the the swift kick in the ass out. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's uh, he's <laughs> the, the old hometown ain't quite what it used to be or receiving him quite well. But uh, it was by his second marriage that he came up to uh, – the Colts neck area. So he bails from Salem County, New Jersey. Right. Now he's up in uh, Monmouth County, New Jersey. 
So yeah. that part's going to be wild there. Um, and that's why he was appointed to you know, a leadership role within the Monmouth County Militia. And just because he was given the commission in 1777 does not mean that he wasn't active in the militia prior. This is a kind of wild time in the American Revolution. Right. This is prior to French support, uh, but well after Saratoga. Specifically, the next event takes place in the fall leading up to Washington's pivotal winter over at Valley Forge. Okay. So Jersey is a hotbed of action due to the Cannonball Trails. Shout out Doc Schweikart. I don't think any of them watch this, but you know, <laughs> right. some of the uh, – There you go. A couple of uh, – couple troop- of the other uh, – Yeah, Charlie Curcio and Chris Hollenbeck's ears just perked up a little bit. But, <laughs> um, skirmishes and raids throughout the area and, of course, Josh Huddy's in the middle of the heat of what is being known as Bloody Mammoth or Mammoth Mayhem. Mammoth County was – I did not realize this – almost like a bleeding Kansas type thing. For uh, yeah, because you had strong loyalist population, you had a strong patriot population, and it's sitting there, and it's like, hey, you know, um, you, you can't talk politics out loud at a. This is talking politics at Thanksgiving dinner every day for a couple of years, and things get angrier and more elevated as they go. Yeah, and plus the fact you still have the the British Army at this point is stationed in New York, and what's just across the water from New York. Uh, city is, uh, you know, Monmouth County, and there'd be a lot of British uh, raiding parties and everything else looking for um, supplies and livestock and everything else uh, within the the wilds of New Jersey. And Monmouth County, as I say, is just a short boat ride over from uh, New York City. So um, this became literally the crossroads within the crossroads that um, – there was some very strong a lot of the loyalists who were still you know loyal to the to the crown you got the british army in new york city we're not going to get too frisky uh, outside of outside of that and for those who don't base. know yeah for those that don't know you can see new york city from sandy hook so could you have yep. seen it with as much ease back then without the skyscrapers and everything? Probably not. But you could still see that landmass over there. That's New York. You could still see the the firelight going on over there. And Sandy Hook was the uh, kind of like the the gate the gateway to the entrance of the harbor of New York City. So Sandy Hook, New Jersey, became very important strategically to protect the uh, the harbor of New York. Without a doubt, too. So. Again, center of the universe, but not on purpose. Okay, we didn't have to shoehorn this one in. This actually just is the center of the universe at this time. So uh, now, again, hotbed of action over here in Monmouth County. Uh, Joshua Huddy is in the middle of it, and his popularity amongst his men is becoming widespread, and his courage and tenacity are becoming something worth noting amongst the patriot cause, of which they're like, this guy's kind of badass. And then also the British and the loyalists are sitting there like, this is a terrorist. This man is a pirate. Right. Um, we th- there's no honor in the way he fights here. This guy is he he can't wait. Blood is on his mind twenty four seven. And being in Monmouth County, he he is literally in their backyard. Um, oh yeah. Imagine to, living down the street from a guy who's capable of right, great violence right. against your cause. Now he came to the Monmouth County area. I'm going to refer back to this, Kev, because I think it's important um, for the story later. Um, he's in Monmouth County and actually he, he, his first wife dies and he marries for a second time. Again, there's little speculation as to why that happened, but, um, he's able to profit from the second marriage because, uh, the widow that he married, um, was the owner now of the uh, Colts Neck Inn, a very, <laughs> very, uh, predominant, uh, landmark here in Monmouth County. 
Um, so he's very familiar with Monmouth County and the surrounding uh, the surrounding area. Now that that's his new uh, home. home yeah, digs. that's uh, we're, again we're talking about a. He's not officially a pirate yet, but he has all the pirate qualities. <laughs> that's right. He's a party goer. Uh, kicked out of the Quakers, uh, had to leave his own hometown, and now he's going to marry a chick with her own bar. So <laughs> oh, who could ask for more? Right? Exactly. So. I'd watch the fuck out of that sitcom. Uh, the sitcom would be good. The action movie we're about to get into is pretty damn good too. So first blood. Oh, it's uh, it's outstanding here. Now, um, again, he is attracting attention for both good and bad things from his uh, those who would be his allies and also those who would become his enemies. He wasn't exactly a soldier, soldier, but there is some warrior DNA in his blood, and that was what was needed at the time. So, barely a month after receiving his official commission as a captain, Huddy is alleged to have taken part in one of the acts that will lead to his own demise. He's got a little Greek tragedy thing going on here, okay? Uh, we already revealed that he's going to die via hanging, so um, spoiler alert, but- <laughs> Stretch neck. Right, right. You mean stretch neck syndrome. Stretch, stretch neck syndrome. Right, right. But uh, in October of 1777, Huddy is said to have led the raid on the house of Stephen Edwards- who is a known loyalist in nearby Shrewsbury, New Jersey, a known loyalist and a highly suspected spy. They thought that Mr. Edwards was feeding information back to the British and Huddy wasn't going to be having any of that shit, not in his own backyard. Yeah. Edwards had some very close contacts in New York City and it was alleged that he's feeding information back to New York City, which is also now the headquarters for the entire British Army. Um, so he was not looked upon favorably by the by the patriots of uh, Monmouth County. No. Um, and by the way, at this point, people ask us how we do the research for the show. And it is exhausting sometimes to try to write a proper research paper. And then sometimes you screw up. And then my buddy, Ben Barbie from uh, the Navy has to <laughs> let me know that I screwed up. Correction. Yeah. And uh, that we were calling um, uh, Colonel Travis. We were calling him Travis Scott, who is the rapper. musician. <laughs> and uh, we, we, I just, it would, I had a brain fart and just got it completely wrong here. So it is tough to try to keep up with this. I like it when people correct us on things. Um, there's ways to do it too. It means, by you're, the way. Listening. <laughs> it means you're listening. That's right. Yeah, there you go. No, there's ways to do it. It's uh, <laughs> but at this point in the research, it reminded me of how much we learned about the War of 1812 uh, when my father and I watched a documentary made from the British perspective by the British uh, for British entertainment purposes, and it was uh, those no good Americans were up to their bullshit again. <laughs> right. Right. So. Our approach on the show, which is sometimes flawed, is to try and read both sides of accounts and attribute the truth to somewhere in the middle. That's where I like to think it always is. To get a proper account of the incident, we will talk to both sides on this one. So according to the Patriot cause, Stephen Edwards, a young man recently married, was a known loyalist and strongly suspected spy for the king. From a book called The Loyal Son, whose author we will discuss shortly, or the um, – I don't know if he's actually the author, but he would be the uh, uh, the central figure of it. I believe it is uh, it is a work of uh, nonfiction. Um, Joshua was proud. Okay, Joshua Huddy, our our pirate badass boy here in Jersey of the Patriot Cause, is proud to have been a lead, if you will, in the capture of Edwards. And uh, the Stephen Edwards fell again in Shrewsbury is alleged to have been hidden by his wife under the bedsheets. And when captured, was dressed in one of the maid's outfits. Okay. And just reminder, this is Stephen Edwards, not J. Edgar Hoover. So, um, <laughs> right. Huddy is rumored to have been the man that took him into custody and supposedly bragged about greasing the noose Edwards would be hung with just a few days later. So, 
when he was sitting there, that's like a bragging rights thing. Like, oh, but yeah, you know, I heard you were involved with the Stephen Edwards uh, capture. I captured him, and hell, I I, I greased the noose before we you know strung that boy right, up just to make sure it went quick. Oh yeah, yeah. And you, this, I think the the best way to portray this is that you've got vigilantes on both sides. I mean, um, there's vigilante loyalists and there's vigilante patriots, and depending on whose side you want to be on. Um, We'll, <laughs> we'll flavor the, the the story, if you will. So, I mean, these people are going out and, hey, that guy's a loyalist. Let's capture him and stretch his neck. And then there would be retaliation back and forth by the other side, and they're going to capture some patriot and uh, stretch his neck So, uh, or capture all his uh, – all his wealth and uh, turn it over to the to the British forces or whatever the case might be. But yeah, it was it was it was a wild time here in Monmouth County for sure that there were no laws. It's uh, vigilante, you know, ruled by the gun, if you will. And of course, like you said, depending on who you're talking to, uh, you could tell the story and it would be completely accurate. Of oh, they captured a spy and his wife was trying to hide him and he was in his uh, you know in his bed with his wife being hidden under the covers. Uh, and then they captured the spy. And then the other side of it would be like, can you believe these animals went into this man's house and tore him out of bed with his right. wife? You At know? night, yeah, pulled him from his from his uh, marital bed. And oh, yeah. Oh, they they the didn't hang him right then and there. He he did kind of sit a little bit of a trial at first, which is important here because th there is some decorum, <laughs> yeah, right, right. if you will, for lack of a better term. But uh, – Edwards will be hung just a few days later, and uh, Huddy captured and helped execute a British spy and a traitor to his patriot cause, as far as he was concerned. So the other account is that Huddy uh, – and this is, comes from that book, uh, uh, The Loyal Son, we were talking about here. And this is where we get into it in a second. But Huddy, a hyper-violent pirate type with a long black beard and earring, was <laughs> bragging about killing a man via hanging with little evidence and violating the man's home and his own rights. This take was popular among loyalists who respected patriot leaders but found men like Huddy to be downright despicable. So the leaders of the loyalists in New Jersey uh, was actually uh, – that, that, this is their, their full-on leader. This is the guy that uh, they were all coming to here. Right. Um, is, uh, he actually happens to be the last governor. Now, I know you want to put some emphasis on this, so uh, – Give, give it the little elbow grease. I know you got it. Yeah, he's the, this guy is the actual the last royal governor uh, of the colony. Uh, in other words, he's the governor of New Jersey, but he was appointed by the king to be governor. So you can have all your local elections that you want, but the king is going to decide who is going to be actual the governor of New Jersey the, or the colony of New Jersey. And that was? In this particular <laughs> case – a uh, guy's name is Ancuna. Tell me if you've heard of him before. Okay. Uh, this was the last governor, uh, last royal, governor, royal governor of New of Jersey, New Jersey uh, William Franklin. Wait a minute. Yep. What? Yep. Really? So uh, William Franklin, who, by the way, is a staunch supporter of the British crown. How, how come I don't learn like cool? How come I didn't learn cool shit like this in history class? Uh, your Blame your teacher. History is not boring. Your teachers were. Tag but that's line. just it. Is like I had good history teachers, but I feel like when you live in a particular state, I feel like sometimes it'd be cool to just be like, "Hey, guess what? Here's some fucking fun facts you didn't know about." <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's, that's awesome. Why, uh, that's why this uh, this show uh, works the way it works. So <laughs> uh, we get to uh, present some uh, stuff that got skipped over in the history books, or you got one little line. You're like, "Oh, and by the way, Ben Franklin's son was the loyalist governor." Yeah, Ben Franklin, you heard of him, right, Coons? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is Ben Franklin's son who remains loyal to the crown to the point where it tears their family apart. Oh. So you have the uh, the intellectual godfather of uh, the American Revolution, you know, slinging his chlamydia-ridden dick all over France <laughs> on behalf of us, okay? Uh, pretty much becoming the, 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 the pimp of Philadelphia and uh, also – Hilariously naming the Leeds family devil, the devil now down in this Jersey. this is the story, all about how. <laughs> <laughs> but his son, William, who was, uh, you know, and they say, I, I, I was not able to disprove this, uh, Franklin Township and Franklin Lakes Township are named after him in his honor. And I believe both townships um, are older than the American Revolution. They're older than the country, yeah. I believe. So they were named after the last uh, royal governor, who again was William Franklin here. And because he's a staunch supporter of the crown, he's actually placed under house arrest. And while he's doing so, they move him around to Connecticut for a while and everything up there. He organizes a spy ring and supports the loyalist cause openly, resulting in extended stays under his house arrest. Yeah, he gets out on New Jersey just for his own safety and security with all these uh, patriot um, vigilantes, if you will, running around the (laughs) the neighborhood. But he gets out on New Jersey, but he's still ruling the loyalists who remained in, in New Jersey and the surrounding area. Um, and just to be to apply a little more clarification to this, he is the acknowledged illegitimate son of Benjamin Franklin. And Ben Franklin never really revealed who the, the mother was, but he did acknowledge that, yeah, William is my son um, by uh, – you know, another woman other than the woman I was married to at the time. I believe I might be confusing things here, but according to Dr. Tristan Vidrero, I believe his <laughs> mother was actually a Targaryen and therefore okay, uh, Ben Game Franklin came from the Iron Throne. Okay. I think that's right. That's I'm right. not sure. All right. Well, if you see some dragons flying overhead, <laughs> you know, we're in, well, maybe that's where the Jersey Devil comes in because ah. he had dragon qualities. I hear you, man. The right. Jersey Devil was the mother. Right. Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll let Dr. Fredero, Fredero, uh, um research that a little deeper. That's the one? The guy you've known for 15 years? You're going to stumble over his name? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, a hyper-violent pirate guy is still uh, the, the key part of this story here, but we could not move forward with his story without acknowledging how crazy it is that the acknowledged yet illegitimate son of Ben Franklin, uh, who's pro-patriot, uh, is now the – you know against going against his father to the point where the two of them really it strains the relationship severely they do keep in some contact uh but it's mostly about business dealings and stuff like that in terms of the estate and the family and everything and he certainly is not his name's getting crossed out of the will not entirely but there's (laughs) you know yeah he's not the favorite son exactly of which ben had many so uh now he's got a couple other interesting things going on here too because when he was finally released after these extended house arrests He's finally released in a prisoner exchange. He was sent to Loyalist-occupied New York, where he remained one of the most well-known Loyalist leaders for the Tories, which is strange because like we were saying who his father is, that's a little bit crazy. Probably why he was given some preferential treatment too. Like, hey, I know he's on the other side of this argument, but it's also Ben Franklin's kid. What are you going to do? Right, right. So anyway, uh, he winds up over in New York. And as you said, Dad, too, the Loyalists in New Jersey are still considering him their governor because they don't re- – they're not acknowledging this right. new – we're British subjects. We're not you know, beholden to these laws that a couple of drunks wrote down in a, a, a hall in Pennsylvania. In Philadelphia, in Philadelphia yeah. Exactly. So uh, I'm not going to allow the, my life to be dictated to me by some jerk off from Virginia, you know. Um, but uh, Or some roustabouts up in uh, Boston. Also true. Um, now – 
According to William Franklin's accounts, the murderous, violent rebel, Joshua Huddy, should be put down like a mad dog. His agents in Jersey relished the thought of his death. They very nearly got their revenge on Huddy during an attack on his own homestead. Huddy is widely believed to have fought at the battles of Germantown and the Battle of Monmouth, where Loserception, Charles Lee, the douchebag of the American Revolution, go check that episode out, <laughs> um, nearly cost us the entire revolution by spending too much time at a whorehouse. All right. Um, but this is not a proper pitched battle like those were. Huddy had proven himself to be an unconventional warrior. That's where the pirate kind of reputation comes from. He specializes in harassing British supply lines in Monmouth County. Uh, those that don't know, that's the northern part of the Jersey Shore. Okay. Like I said, at it, Atlantic Highlands and the Highlands, you can actually see New York City from there. Again, just to give you the geography out if you're not from here. Um, now, it's pretty wild too. British blockades effectively took over Boston, New York, and Philly at various times during the Revolution. The only hope that smaller Patriot supply boats had was to operate near land and hope to avoid detection. Only problem is the American Navy really isn't much of anything <laughs> at so this much. point. Yeah. All right. And this is before uh, our, our, our friends over in France are going to send over their actual man of war ships. These are mostly is fishing it safe, vessels. Is God. it safe to say that uh, they ain't shit? Uh, yeah. yeah. It's a McHale's Navy more than a They're a US business Navy Copy compared that. to the largest Navy in the world at the time, which was the British Navy. Well, that leads to an interesting idea though here. Um, if these boats need somebody that's going to be actually able maybe to pull off some guard missions or maybe go out and harass the ships there to maybe be a decoy while they're trying to pull in some munitions or food supplies, stuff like that. Um, Josh Huddy, you know, he – Walks like a pirate. He talks like a pirate. <laughs> we got this pirate-style gunboat. What if we let him be the captain of it, and he names it the Black Snake? And then all we do is we write him up these little things called letters of mark. Doesn't sound like a pirate. Marky. Well, uh, letters of mark are um, actually going to allow him to become a uh, state-sanctioned pirate, which is known <laughs> as a privateer. Privateer. You're not a pirate now. You're exactly. a privateer. You're working. <laughs> you're for, a pirate on the books. You're yeah, working I, for a government. No, I it happens to I'm be right. a rebel government, but it's, you're still working for a government. It's, it's got papers. It's, that's right. <laughs> I got documentation right here. Uh, that used to happen all the time, too, that uh, privateers would find out that their papers were uh, revoked or not acknowledged by a new administration, and then, right. boom, there'd be issues coming down from yeah. that one. While you were away, we signed a peace treaty, and you're no longer a privateer. But it's a, And I'm pretty sure it's letters of mark. I'm pretty sure that's how that's pronounced, too. The reason being is because I think Stacy Dash had a lingerie line uh, called letters of mark, and um, <laughs> I, I've Googled it. I've Googled it. There you go. Research. There you go. Alone. What better? In the engine room on the USS Kearney. There you go. <laughs> Please so, don't proceed forward with any of that. Enough of that. It was 2009. <laughs> I was lonely. And welcome to the Kahuna Show. Hey, what's going on here? <laughs> How you doing, guys? Uh, Larry Madison was asleep. Uh, All right. Come on, come on, come on. All right, so now I'm KP. Hey, so yeah, so the rest of this... Uh, Let's go down the rest of this paper, Dad. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so proceed. What's going on? All right. Well, now Huddy will become the private, the pirate king of New Jersey. Now, he's not this black snake. His ship was named the Black Snake. It's not, you know, pirates of the uh, Caribbean with uh, all kinds of guns and cannon and uh, so no fun flying the Jolly no, Roger it's, and it's all still this fun. shit. It's more Mad Max, but boats. Yeah, it's, oh, a, it's a small oh. boat with a with a swivel gun on the front of it. So I like do, that more. <laughs> you, do, you do have some firepower, but uh, it's you're you're bringing a uh, 
you're bringing a knife to a gunfight, but uh, <laughs> you're still able to capture some British uh, supply ships and that kind of stuff. So, you know. But what's a good pirate without a great pirate escape story, Dad? Yeah. Um, all the great pirate movies have the captain escaping or – uh, I thought they were on this ship, but now they're on that ship. And we're, you know, the, the, of course, Johnny Depp is a genre-defying performer in, in terms of, uh, you know, Captain uh, Jack Sparrow here. But right. This is Captain Josh Huddy, and um, <laughs> he, of course, has to have a great escape story. Um, and uh, it's going to be on the high seas, though, right, Dad? Yep, on the high seas. No, not really. Uh, no, it's, <laughs> actually, it's going to be in landlocked Colts Neck, New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, so Huddy had been taking his license to pirate a little too seriously. And the loyalists decided that it was time for a raid of their own. Uh, many in the area are still demanding retribution for what they saw as the murder of Stephen Edwards, the guy that was, you know, uh, Huddy claims to have greased the rope for and been involved in the apprehension of. Dragged out of bed, dude. Yeah, oh, he yeah. would. Yeah, oh, he would, yeah. He'd brag about that one, but uh, now they're coming for him. Well, uh, the raid is going to Anacuna. Whenever you're ready, uh, don't bring it up just yet, but. Uh, the raid is being led, this loyalist British raid is being led by uh, a fellow who's known as Colonel Ty. So go ahead and bring that photo up of Colonel T. And you pity the fool that messes with Colonel T. This guy has an incredibly fascinating story. Again, known as Colonel Ty. I believe that was short for Colonel Titus. Um, Dad, who the fuck is Colonel Ty? Well, Colonel Ty is uh, Titus Cornelius is his Full given name. Um, he's actually a uh, former slave um, from Monmouth County. So he's a, a hometown boy, a Monmouth County boy that is um, a slave to a Quaker, um, a guy by the name of John, John Carlyze. And John is a Quaker, but he's really not following the Quaker uh, – mantra, if you will, that, uh, you know, you're supposed to educate your slaves and then set them loose upon their 21st birthday. Um, Colonel Ty or Titus or Ty is approaching his 21st birthday. And um, this guy, John Corlize, he owns four slaves and his mother owns an additional two. So within that family, there's six slaves and they're being mistreated. Big time to the point where the rest of the Quakers in the in the community don't say. have something to say about it. Yeah, that uh, you know maybe you maybe you shouldn't be whipping your slaves and mistreating your slaves. And you know, as far as the education part of it, that was that was out the window as far as uh, Coralize was concerned. And um, you know, he's being called out by the rest of his uh, Quaker brethren, if you will. And um, Ty is close to his 21st birthday and he skips out. He runs away. He's a runaway slave. And Coralize Kinda then- has to. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Coralize then puts out a reward um, for his, his capture and return to him. And right at the same time, there's the royal governor of Virginia. Um, now, the royal governor of Virginia, things are- are heating up in the early part of the Revolutionary War to the point where the royal governor in Virginia sees what all this shit going on up in Boston and, and surrounding areas and stuff, and even down around Charleston in, in his own backyard, that uh, he declares martial law. And he comes up with this idea that um, 
any slave or indentured servant. Now, an indentured servant is not necessarily a slave, but you're um, you're basically working as a slave or um, in servitude for a set period of time rather than a lifetime type of a thing. But uh, he comes up with this uh, law, this John Murray from Virginia. Again, he's the royal governor. And he declares this by proclamation that any ser- an indentured servants or slaves who run away from their masters and fight for the British cause are going to be set free. That sounds pretty good to tie. And he actually heads off from Monmouth County, New Jersey, sets off on foot for Virginia and joins up with uh, something that was called the Ethiopian Brigade, um, which was this army of uh, indentured servants and slaves that this uh, royal governor of Virginia kind of puts together with the idea that uh, not only are they taken away economically from, from the rebels, but they're also um fight, pr- producing more fighting troops for the for the British cause. There was um, a, a weird conundrum too, just in, in one of the other pictures of Colonel Ty that I, I didn't uh, include with this where it was because I couldn't tell if it was done as a political cartoon or not, but it was a, a drawing. Um and it was uh, uh to not, be a not kind. Slave no, it was slavery. It was actually pro positive for him. Um but it was a uh, a slave of liberty is what I think uh they kind of had painted on his shirt or something like that. Yeah, there's the idea of like, uh, yeah, I'm going to fight for liberty so that I can stay a slave. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, yeah. So if they're offering to grant you your freedom uh, by fighting for the British, then you know they're going to they're going to do their time there. I think there were some other deals too. With if you fought for the revolution for a, a full year, you could earn your freedom or something. But definitely, the British had the more lenient thing on there because they were actually putting, uh, like you said, that Ethiopian corps into battle. Yeah, so that they there's estimates that over a hundred thousand slaves escaped during the revolution from uh, from their American slave owners, if you will, to, to fight for the fight for the British, or not necessarily fight for the British, but at least do the skedaddle from Kahuna's uh, cheering for the British right now. What's yeah, happening? Here? That's it. That's it. Um, I heard escape, thought was great. Then I heard the last part of the sentence. <laughs> I, I retract my. Uh, so anyhow, Fuck our boy- Brits. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm hey, we have British listeners. That's right. That's right. They're cheering on the other side of the pond. Sorry about your queen. <laughs> yeah, right. Condolences. But Danny um Winehouse? Ty allegedly fights a couple of uh, battles in Virginia, although there's no proof positive of that. But anyhow, um, the royal governor of Virginia then takes up the remaining forces and ships them up. Um, to New York, where again, British are headquartered in New York at the time. So um, they takes whatever remaining troops they have out of Virginia and moves them up to um, New York City. And then um, Ty, being he's so familiar with the Monmouth County area, is leading various raiding parties into um, into northern New Jersey, into or central New Jersey in Monmouth County. Um, and he's, you know, aiding in the capture of uh, supplies and goods and other Patriot leaders from the uh, Patriot militia. And he's making a name for himself because he's very familiar with the the uh, ins and outs, the back roads, Smart the, guy, the swamps, right. um, and a very aggressive uh, kind of a thing. And um, 
in that same battle of, of Mammoth, he proves to uh, he he proves himself once again in that the Battle of Mammoth, the same line that Huddy was involved with. Um, there's a you know there's Ty is fighting um, and he is able to capture um, one of the uh, uh, captains of the Mammoth militia. So you know was he was Ty hiding in the bushes looking for uh, some of the people that he might have known. That's uh, that's all speculation. But I just thought it was kind of interesting that in his uh, one of his first battle actions in in Mammoth, he captures uh, Elijah Shepard, the Mammoth County uh, captain of the Mammoth County militia. So and then brings him back to New York City as a as a prisoner. So Colonel uh, Ty is really making a name for himself. And Colonel T, Colonel T, and, and <laughs> although the British never really um, gave him the rank of Colonel, uh, you know, uh, formally, um, they gave him in in name only, if you will, the the rank of of Colonel because he's doing such a great job. And he's really the leader of this um, slave and indentured servant. So he's in a in a, a multi race um, division, if you will, or regiment. That uh, he's got some uh, roughnecks, he's got some uh, former slaves, he's got some uh, former indentured servants. Um, the term that I found it too, going back to some of our previous episodes, some of the cowboys of the area, some of the <laughs> some of the real uh, rough and readies, if you will. I thought Bon Jovi was the only New Jersey cowboy. <laughs> yeah, um, but he. Uh, Ty now becomes or takes the title of Colonel Ty, and he's leading this this uh, band of uh, irregular um, guerrilla fighters, if you will, that are sneaking in and capturing livestock and supplies. And well, what better prize Colonel could Militia. there be? Yeah, and he's given the he's given the task to go go find this guy Huddy. Now Huddy is you know the owner now of the of the uh, Colts Neck Inn so <laughs> that's in Monmouth County uh yeah he knows he knows that area pretty well and uh another little side note that i found very interesting too is that part of the part of this group that he, uh Colonel Ty is now leading is um some of the Queens Rangers now the Queens Rangers was they were stationed primarily in Long Island and Staten Island. So now they've got some of these Queens Rangers, British soldiers that are coming over to fight with Colonel Ty or part of Colonel Ty's group. And the Queens Rangers uh, harken back to Rogers Rangers, which from the French and Indian War in the early part of Which the, were the mighty morphing. Right. And um, also went to the Nathan Hale uh, capture with Robert uh, – <laughs> Robert Rogers. Double lose reception there. Robert Double. Rogers. Okay. And then also Nathan Hale. Nathan Hale. Uh, by the way, if you bring up that picture of the guy being hung there, uh, go now where it says uh, hang. That is, dad's correct on that one. That is uh, Nathan Hale being executed, uh, who we did. That was our first episode back when we were illegally recording during COVID. So, um, <laughs> we had masks. It's so. over now. It's all right. Not. There's only 87,000 yeah. new IRS. We agents. had six feet of separation. We had masks on and hand sanitizing, and we had all the proper protocols. You but, called uh, in from Florida, so you were fine. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a little more than six feet of separation. Yeah. But uh, anyhow, yeah, now uh, at this point in time, the Queens Rangers are led by another uh, guy that was uh, John Simcoe. Um, anybody who's watched that. Um, uh, turn that that uh, TV episode of uh, a turn that 
Simcoe was another uh, uh, um, British scumbag that uh, <laughs> was terrorizing <laughs> the, the colonials. But anyhow, um, so it's interesting that this former slave is now leading both whites and blacks in this raiding party into into New Jersey to try to capture Huddy. And they're going after him, and they know where he's at, or at least uh, um, they've got a really good idea. Yeah, Huddy's a bit of a, you know, he likes to drink and fight, and he's uh, also, you know, owns this uh, Colts Neck Inn. Right. So he's probably going to be there. That's the best way to go find him. So in the middle of the night, they launch this raid, and it's uh, definitely outnumbering him. Uh, but Huddy is such a wild boy that um, a two-hour gunfight breaks out, Kahuna. <laughs> two-hour gunfight. With Huddy holding off the British troops from within his own tavern, okay, the captain of the Black Snake would eventually be forced to surrender as the British set fire to the inn that was also his home, okay? He turns himself over only after being assured that the fire will be put out and the only other gunfighter on his side, his 20-year-old mistress named Lucretia Edwards, all right? Huddy always had – he always had a chick. He, he really also t- happened to be a woman of color. Did she really? Yeah, absolutely. Lucretia, it was one of those names back then that could have just been anything, you know what I mean? So Now, what was interesting too with that, that the firefight that lasted for two hours as- Here's the key, As Huddy now has this whole, he's completely surrounded. The only people in the the building are himself and Lucretia. Um, And, you know, he's only outnumbered, but uh, apparently he had a- quite the stockpile of muskets and firepower within within the building. So while um, Lucretia is reloading, he's firing from all different vantage points, from all different windows. Let's see. That- I bet you the Kahuna can figure out why this is cool. <laughs> but, so now they've got, they're outnumbered, they're mm-hmm. out, but they don't know how many people are inside the, uh, the Colts Neck Inn here. Or, Wait a minute. Or, or they're Huddy's playing whack-a-mole in. with guns? <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> right. Popping out of a right. different window. So now that makes them think that there's- is I it, love that. Is it one mole or is it 15 moles? <laughs> right, and, right. and Colonel Ty and everybody are sitting there like, shit, how many people are in there? Let's not be hasty and trying to jump in there and be here. If they had known it was just him and his 20-year-old mistress, they might have thought, hey, maybe we'll- you know, Somebody we'll can go knock the door the down. Yeah. yeah. But- um, he agrees to be uh, taken into custody here. Okay. Yeah, they set they set fire to the house, and with that, I mean, uh, and he secures to make sure that Lucretia will be unharmed. Right. By the way, that's why he agrees right. to the surrender. They and set fire to the house, and then they agree that, you know, or the uh, the British side agrees that, yeah, we're not going to uh, harm the uh, Lucretia, and um, we'll help put the fire out. If you surrender. So he agrees to those terms. And, and he's uh, surrendering as an officer too. That That's being the other thing as well. He is a commissioned officer in the American military. So there's, the thought is that he'll at least be, they're not going to string him up right there in front of the inn. They are going to, you know, there's some, again, I keep using the word decorum. Um, there has to be something. But there's rules here. in the art of war. It's a, yeah, right. <laughs> so again, from it's not here, like Vietnam, we're on the rules. Shout out to the big old house. Yeah, the escape. Oh, we need that one over here. <laughs> Come on, Ming. Bring some nice toys over here, all right? I know you like Red Bank more than this place, but <laughs> from there, Huddy is taken into custody by Colonel Ty from Rumson, New Jersey. Okay, Ty would uh, be put on a. I'm sorry. Here, let me make sure. Dreaded prison ship. Okay. Yeah, he, um, he he's captured. Colonel Ty captures Huddy, and now they're taking him back to New York. They're going to go to Rumson, New Jersey, which is along the river, which is right near the Highlands over here. 
Ty will put the dreaded pirate on a boat to New York City, where he certainly will face the prison ships and possibly the gallows. Now, we talked about the British prison ships and how brutal those conditions were. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, that, that was the, the British – I'm sorry, the prison ships monument over in Brooklyn. Cooney, you know that because it was like everything in the 90s was being filmed over there. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, as they're you know starting to move this ship and Huddy's realizing, he goes, oh, man, I might die on one of those prison ships or I wonder what's going to happen once they get me over into Loyalist, New York. I'm leaving Jersey behind where it was safe, where I'm a hero, and now I'm heading into <laughs> yeah. New York, man. He's it's, captured. It's, uh, it's a tough feeling, man. It's a tough feeling. But luckily, Huddy has enough supporters that uh, they start firing at the ship. As it's going through the, I believe it's the the down the, the river. The, yeah, so they're firing from the river, so it's close, close enough, I should say. But uh, they're actually they cause enough of a distraction uh, and enough damage that the Patriots could hear their privateer captain scream, "I'm Huddy, I'm Hut," kind of like an "I'm Spartacus" type moment, <laughs> as he dives off the ship and swims safely to shore, escaping his captors uh, unscathed, minus a gunshot wound to the thigh. What? So, yes. Yeah. I mean, Huddy, Huddy is captured. Ty is taking him to a ship. Um, he's now in the ship offshore. But meanwhile, Huddy's men, his militia, are chasing after these um, loyalist uh, um, brigands that uh, are now, you know, captured their leader. And they're firing on him and, uh, in, the, in the fracas, in the mayhem. Uh, Huddy jumps ship and, and he's now swimming, swimming to shore. And shouting, I'm Huddy, I'm Huddy. Don't shoot me, dude. I'm Huddy. He escaped. So um, Now, here's the interesting part here. So he gets a, a gunshot wound to uh, the thigh, which he recovers from. Colonel Ty would certainly mount another attempt to capture Huddy, but the wound that he received during the escape was a gunshot wound to the midsection. Unfortunately, that wound will turn gangrene and will kill the noble colonel. So mm. Colonel T, R.I.P., yeah, I so. think Colonel T took one on the wrist or something. It wasn't in the midsection, but anyhow, he he is wounded in the, in the fracas now. And dies from the wound yeah, via infection, right? Via infection, uh, I think two days later, and it was never really ascertained whether he received the wound at at the gunfight um, with Huddy or later on in the in the from boat the ship. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, unfortunately, Colonel Ty meets his uh, untimely end. From uh, gangrene. So now Huddy is back in action and his toughest enemy is on his deathbed. In the months that followed, William Franklin will begin to realize that if you want something done right, you have to do it yourself. <laughs> so Franklin and a loyalist militia will overwhelm Huddy's forces that were guarding a crucial meat storage fort in Tom's River, New Jersey, Kahuna. <laughs> We don't get Kahuna vision on that one. Uh, there. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cahoons, I'm going to take you to this place one time because uh, former guest of the show, Angelo Gingerelli and uh, Joe Borzada, two really great guys, they run a show over there. It's a monthly show mm -hmm. at Battle River Brewing where all of the, the beers are made uh, right there on the premises and all of them have American Revolutionary War themes to them. And I always thought that was interesting. I didn't realize how much Tom River was involved in this. And at work for my day job. We have a guy who our boss refers to as Josh Huddy because his name is Josh. Turns out Josh is Polish, so his name is like Verstinkten and Auckland or whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. With a ski on the end. But yeah, it was ski. <laughs> um, but oh anyway, so Josh is – that he has a real last name that our boss just calls him Josh Huddy instead mm -hmm. to the point where we all thought his last name was Huddy. And then I Googled Josh Huddy when I'm like, oh, wow, this is – because my boss is like, oh, it's just named after a park down in Tom's River. And I was like, hang on, Huddy House? 
Huddy Park. Right. Huddy Pirate, New Jersey, American, what? And that's the deep research that American Loser does to find their next topic. It really is. We just said, like, can you believe it? And, and by the way, I do love that these things come to us. Yeah. That, that part's yeah. pretty cool. It just fell in the lap. So I now, mean, especially when we live in the center of the goddamn universe. It <laughs> keeps proving itself. That's the problem. Shout yeah. out Pat Dowden, who sent me a great uh, uh, sailor drawing uh, for me uh, for my birthday. Um, yeah, actually, the the blockhouse that Huddy is now in charge of in Tom's River, I believe was the site of that was right across the street from the Tom's River Municipal Building. So that's- Which is pretty cool. <laughs> which is pretty cool, right? Which uh, I might be driving past uh, very soon here too. Maybe I'll go there first before I disappear into Ong's hat. Okay. So <laughs> Sorry, Don't make the wrong turn. That's right. But uh, now again, this is a crucial meat storage area. They're going to be salting. It's a salt mill. They're going to salt the meat to cure the meat to then transfer it to the troops that are fighting probably up near Boston, Massachusetts area, maybe in upstate New York. Maybe some of that food's going up to Ticonderoga. You know, it, it's- it's all about the supply lines here, and uh, the Jersey Shore is so vast that small ships are able to get in and out of some of these inlets. Uh, you know, you go sneak around through, uh, you know, Forked River or something like that. If you got to evade a British ship that can't follow you into the shallow waters, there's ways to do it. This is a crucial point. This is a big assignment here, and they know that Huddy's in charge of this fort. So William Franklin and his loyalist militia will overwhelm Huddy's forces and capture him in Tom's River. In capturing Huddy. The Loyalists also destroy much of the town, including its mills, only leaving two houses standing that both happen to be owned by Loyalists to the crown. <laughs> yeah, right. Burn everything else. Hey, hey, what was your position on the whole American Revolution thing? That's right. Oh, I can't talk to you. I got to go inside my house real quick. You know, the thing you don't have anymore. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but Captain Huddy has been captured again and will again, the attempt will be to send him to New York to face the prison ships one more time. Okay. Could he be hung once he's in New York? Will he be handled as an officer? Will he wind up on the prison ships off the, uh, the, the, in the waters of Brooklyn and die a, a death possibly worse than the violent ones? Or held for a prisoner exchange, which is also a possibility. And yeah, it's, it's a wild thing to think about here. But yet again, he escapes going to New York. He gets to stay in Jersey. Only this time, it's not exactly how he wanted it to go. <laughs> so long-term stay. Yeah. Along the way, uh, Loyalist Captain Richard Lippincott, who- You made that up. No. No, no. That's what, true. He does have a bastard name though, doesn't he? I'm going to say- <laughs> That's this right is up the there true. with Schneidly Whiplash, Lippincott. Yeah. I, I can't- I You read Colonel Ty's story and like, this guy's too cool to be a full-on villain. He's like maybe like a cool- like He's got like a Boba Fett. You know, He's not a Sith Lord <laughs> kind of a thing. Uh, he's got a cool backstory, does his own thing. And then um, William Franklin, you're like, all right, there's some there's some admirable things here. There's some awful things here. Lippincott is a D-bag. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Richard Lippincott would take over transfer of Huddy, and he and his men wouldn't go to New York, however. They instead go to Sandy Hook, okay, near the uh, Atlantic Highlands, Highlands area of New Jersey. Again, mm -hmm. Sandy Hook is a British uh, – um, Outpost, if you will, from the New York City uh, British. That uh, it's it's a British stronghold, if you will, a oh, loyalist yeah. stronghold. Absolutely, and also happens to be a place where uh, every Father's Day weekend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's another. That's another. Troop one hundred and four used to go on camping trips where I get to hang out with <laughs> this guy, go. and we would tour the old forts. And we would go uh, play around on the old uh, fortifications where we weren't supposed to go, but you knew we were going. Yeah, just right? stay out of the poison ivy. Yeah, it was all Hollenbeck's idea. <laughs> That's um, right. As we searched for the nude beach. But uh, anyway, 
Huddy has been captured. He's now been taken by this Lippincott fellow who has no business really intervening here. But he goes, no, we're taking him. We'll take him to New York. Don't worry, guys. We got him. Takes him to Sandy Hook instead. They uh, now without- Yeah, he went to New York, but only got partway there. He was on his way to (laughs) New York. You could see New York. But they said, yeah, screw that ship stuff. We'll just deal with them here. So instead of uh, doing that without proper orders, they will allow Huddy to dictate his will on the beaches of Sandy Hook underneath the Navasink Hills. Uh, which is to, to me, that's the most beautiful part of New Jersey. That that's like a, I'm I'm blown away every time I'm up there to find out that this grisly story takes place near there. Only makes it cooler. Um, <laughs> they allow Huddy to dictate his own will on the beach before he is hanged to death for his war crimes. A note is then placed on his body as it was left on the gallows to be found by his own men. As his body was swinging back and forth on the rope, the note read, "Up goes Huddy for Philip White." This now was revenge taken on Huddy for the hanging of a man named Philip White. Huddy maintained his innocence on this one, but was open to the fact about, hey, guys, listen, I've done a ton of raids and a ton of bad shit. This one I didn't do. I'm telling you, I had nothing to do with this Philip White guy. There's plenty of reasons to hang me, folks. This just isn't – it's not the one (laughs) – get get me for something I actually did, you know? Get it right. Get it straight. But uh, Huddy knew that, uh, by the way, he should have been – again, this is pretty nuts here. He maintained his innocence on this whole thing. He was open about the raids and other violence he had committed, but not to mention that uh, as a privateer and also a commissioned officer, Huddy kind of knew this Lippincott fellow is going rogue here. I'm getting done dirty. Yeah, and and it was um, research that I had found too that they found him – uh, still swinging with the note pinned to him and the overturned barrel that he was standing on. That I just, I guess they just kicked the barrel out from under him to, to give him the, dun, the next dun, stretch. Dun. It's a, a gross way. To, yeah, it's a gross way to go. So our our hero or loser of this story, uh, Joshua Huddy, is now dead. When his men find his body, all the patriots of Monmouth County demand vengeance. The Monmouth patriots show up in great number at Huddy's funeral, which is held in Freehold. His body is buried and interned at the Old Tenant Church in Freehold. You can find his grave. Did I send you the grave or no? I can't remember if I did. You did not. So there's a grave marker, but I'm not sure where he's actually buried. But But there is a marker. Here's the key. Here's the key. He's worth having a marker. Yeah. Someone else in the story isn't. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, there are now over 400 attendees at this funeral in Freehold, all of whom are demanding that Lippincott be turned over to the Patriots so they can execute him for what he just did. Or if they're not being willing to give Lippincott over, we are going to take a British officer of the same rank, okay, captain or higher, that's in our POW camps, and we're going to execute them. And it's an eye for an eye, which leaves everyone blind, but also would satisfy uh, the great uh, injustice that the people of Monmouth County felt was put on uh, their captain, Joshua Huddy. So um, failure to avenge Huddy's death would result in the Mammoth Manifesto, which was written by some of the very angry folks down the Jersey. Picture the Jersey Shore on steroids before it was on steroids. Um, (laughs) They promised a scene that would, quote, make violence that would make humanity itself shudder. So – and again, these are loyalists and patriots living in the same area. He goes, if we don't do something about this, we're going to march down the street and every one of you Tory-loving bastards is going to pay for it. So now they're sitting there and everybody's like, oh, oh shit. Even G-dubs, George Washington is sitting there like, we're on – Cornwallis has already surrendered, okay, which is not the end of the war like a lot of people think. 
Uh, but again, that's just that that's a, a bad yeah. public education. We'll tell you that uh, when you know Cornwallis surrendered, that was it. That was over. There was a lot more going on. There were other forces here too. But things are winding down. But there's still a lot of uh, vigilante back and forth between uh, patriots and loyalists, especially within the surrounding area of New Jersey. And the same way that the British Crown had to think about. Once this rebellion's put down, these are going to be our countrymen and our brethren again. We have to heal and move forward because you can't just kick everybody out, okay? The same way that now the Americans, now that the tide has turned towards their favor with France beginning to intervene and stuff like that, they're sitting there and saying, well, hey, just because they're loyalists doesn't mean they're not going to have any rights in this new country. We've got to create a country for everybody kind of a thing. So it puts G-dubs in a very, very weird spot right now because both George Washington, you know, he's not Father Washington just yet. He's still General George Washington, American hero, American badass. Um, he is completely against the hanging and condemns it, says they never should have killed Captain Huddy. Also condemning the actions, Sir Henry Clinton of the British forces in New York. So that's the, the head honchos on both sides of this affair yeah. being like, hey, this shit shouldn't have happened, man. Right. Now, they attempt to delay the situation as the British say, well, listen, let us handle this Lippincott dude because he's a douche and he shouldn't have done this, but we got to handle it. We can't just hand him over to you guys. You know, that that's... We're not going to, you know, let us punish our uh, our, our misbehaving son. Yeah. So, anyway, they're going to give Lippincott a court martial, uh, but conveniently a Cohen, British court martial. Yeah. Right. Uh, Kuna, do you think the uh, the British uh, court martial is going to have anything to say negatively about? <laughs> is it still? Is it still? Uh, wait, no, I'm thinking of something else. No. It's not going to go well. <laughs> I have a funny feeling. The uh, Yes, it's like when a government agency uh, – we have uh, uh, conducted a thorough uh, investigation and determined that we did nothing wrong. Oh, An internal police investigation. <laughs> it's that. It's the uh, uh, the war crimes units, stuff like that. No. <laughs> what are you talking about? We didn't do nothing. So anyhow, um, this is interesting here. Lippincott is found innocent by his own peers in this court-martial who argue that his orders came from the true governor of New Jersey, William Franklin. He's a loyalist. His governor never changed. He's not beholden to this patriot government. You know, William Franklin told him to do this, so he did it. And by the way, um, the British hadn't recognized any new authority in New Jersey still at this point, even though Cornwallis had surrendered. The right. war was not over. That's right. important to right. keep reminding you. Now, by this time, William Franklin is already now living in England. He goes, all right, Jersey's getting a little hot in the collar here for me, folks. I'm going to uh, head on over to jolly old England. So he and his father's relationship at this point was pretty much colder than ice. Uh, William would never return to America. And uh, by the way, he's buried somewhere in London. Joshua Huddy has a grave marker. They're not sure if it's on his correct body, but there's a grave marker reminding people who Joshua Huddy is. William Franklin's grave is not so much lost, even in England. Yep. So that's uh, another way. To, it, it's also like Benedict Arnold over there too, when he betrayed the cause and went over to live in England. That that wasn't exactly like a thank God you're here. Oh, our our conquering. <laughs> you're you could have been God. And look what look how Lafayette gets treated. Yeah. Okay, in America for showing up over here. Uh, shout out to Cat uh, Smith and uh, Julian, by the way, over at the Lafayette Legacy. Um, they do a great job there, and Kat's a very attractive woman. Uh, there I said. <laughs> so, um, William would argue, by the way, uh, against what's going to become uh, known as the Asgirl Affair. Okay, so Coons, what we got for pictures? I think we have an unnamed one. We're going to bring up. Uh, no, we got Asgirl. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, before we even do that, bring up father and son. Mm -hmm. So this. This is uh, the start of a terrible podcast, okay? Uh, 
There you go. No. Um, obviously, Ben Franklin's pretty recognizable, iconic, because that's, you know, that's what happens when you're on currency, baby. Yeah, when you're on the Benjamins. Exactly. And then that is his son, his illegitimate son, his illegitimate but acknowledged son, uh, who would die in England, uh, remaining loyal to the crown. So, um, And then another one I wanted to bring up real quick, if you could bring up uh, Askill. Okay. No problem. So uh, William will argue against what becomes known as the Askrill Affair. And this is actually an uh, important note in the history books. Joshua Huddy has an amazing story, but he also – his death causes the first international incident in American history. When G-dubs saw that the British would not hand over Lippincott, who by the way, this, this, is what, this is what the British crown was so good at back then. Of just making up their own rules or being like, ah, oh, it's diplomacy. What are you going to do? You know what I mean? They're they're so mafia like without being mafia like. They're like, ah, oh, this Lippincott guy. Don't worry, we're going to handle him. We're going to punish him. Where does Lippincott wind up, Dad? Uh, he's uh, forgiven. They send him to Canada. They say, <laughs> yeah. uh, you you got court martialed. Hey, hey, you better get out of here, though. All right, Mister. Don't you better not pull anything like this ever again. Okay, so they do take away his rank. They send his ass up to Canada, and he's granted, I believe, three thousand acres of land in Canada by the British Crown. Right. You ever Thanks pull off your- a war crime like this again? There'll be a giant plantation up in Canada with your name all over it, you bastard. That's right. Thanks for your services to the Crown. Here's three thousand acres up in Canada, but maybe it's a good idea to skedaddle out of uh, out of New Jersey and get your ass up to. Still in British control, if Canada. You, if you remember, this this just was such a instant memory for me. Um, Colonel Tavington, who was not a real person, but the Green Dragoons were a real unit right. in um, The Patriot, Mel right. Gibson's The Patriot. Mel, the movie. Right. Um, Cornwallis is actually portrayed as a, a, a true soldier soldier. Um, you know what I mean? And he's fighting for the, the crown and the glory and trying to do things the right way. And he uh, the only reason that he unleashes Tavington is because uh, Tavington says, well, I'm going to fight the war my own way. And he goes, but I can't smear your good name, Lord Cornwallis. So right. you let me do what I do and I'll just take Ohio. I'll take the dirty name yeah. and <laughs> give me Ohio <laughs> for give, my troubles. Give, yeah, give me Ohio. And that seems to be kind of the Lippincott thing here. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll kill Huddy. Yeah. You know, just make sure I wind up up in Canada. So, Well, land at the time was as good as money. So to give somebody 3000 Arguably better. Right. right. Yeah. yeah, arguably so, better than that. Yeah, $20 is going to be $20 if you keep it in a piggy bank. Land right. is going to become, you know, right. <laughs> entire countries, nations, states, provinces. So anyhow um, – this is the problem that they're starting to see over here. So Lippincott is not going to get handed over. In fact, he becomes rewarded. Had the American government known about that, I'm sure they would have you know, gone crazy. But you can just quietly disappear off into the sunset. Um, G-Dubs knows that the Jersey Shore patriots are demanding blood. He can either give it to them or let them go buck wild and get it on their own on the remaining loyalist population, which is a tough spot for a country that's trying to start to heal and create its own identity and again realizing that just because the war's over doesn't mean the loyalists are going to move out. So uh, G-Dubs is trying to figure out what the hell he's going to do here. I'm not saying anything crazy here, Dad. Uh, I'm just saying that uh, G-Dubs knew that the war was leaning towards being over and having a new country end its revolution by starting its civil war. Yeah. I mean, Ireland figured out it doesn't really work well. <laughs> yeah, you know, that was later. But that's though, centuries but yeah. later. You learn, you learn from past mistakes. But, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but uh, the idea to execute one of the captured British officers would be a bad move as well, since by the way, it would violate Cornwallis's surrender agreements. So, the biggest victory in the war up to this point, uh, you're going to dishonor the agreement made with a relatively honorable guy in Cornwallis. 
um, who also, uh, you want to talk about a black eye in diplomacy too, as the European powers are like, what's this America all about over here? Well, I know that they already violated their first surrender that they got. You right. know? So it would be a terrible look for them. Um, but they don't know what to do moving forward. So G-Dubs, his hands are kind of tied at this point and straws are drawn, Kahuna. <laughs> yeah, you got to go. You got to be honorable and go tit for tat. We killed one of yours, so we have to kill one of ours. The Chicago yeah. way. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, straws are going to be drawn by the British officers in custody, and Captain Charles Asgill uh, will draw the short straw and would temporarily be facing the gallows. Because he drew the short straw, that means he has to be hung for in retaliation for a guy he didn't know uh, who was hung by a guy he didn't know. So that's like a, a real, oh, what the, it's come, right. come on. That's right. You won the lottery, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's not for a good, it's not for a million bucks or anything. Uh, it's uh, it's a tough one, man. But uh, now it's a really gross look too for the United States here. And pleas for mercy will come from all over, including the recently involved French monarchy. King Louis and his queen, famous queen, by the way, give you one wild guess on it too, Coons. Famous you, queen? You know it. Famous, famous queen Famous French France. queen. Oh, French queen. Yeah. Uh, yeah no, no, First I, name Marie. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Son of yes. a bitch. That's kind of an- Coon is about to say Marie Claire. <laughs> <laughs> Maria Shriver. Um, no, it's, uh, it was yeah, Marie Antoinette. Yeah, I wasn't Antoinette. turning on Coon Vision for that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, Marie Antoinette and uh, King Louis were both sitting there saying like, you know, it's really, this isn't a good look for you guys. You're going to kill a guy who had nothing to do with it just because you got to kill somebody. That's not really how we do things. I know you're a new country and An all. eye for an eye kind of a thing yeah. is, is the, the adage. But yeah, I know uh, you Americans are crazy, but kind of smarten up a little. Yeah, you? and George Washington is uh, really in a rock and a hard place here because you got all these patriots clamoring for- um, some British officer has to be uh, killed to avenge the death of Huddy. And now you got the French are involved with, uh, you know, their aid in the in the whole big victory at Yorktown and everything else. Um, Asgrill's widow – or not widow, not <laughs> – I'm sorry. Technically Asgrill's wife is also pleading and she's going to the French emissary, if you will, who then goes to George Washington to plead for her husband's life. And so there's there's a lot of uh, – Widow in waiting would be the term. <laughs> yeah, widow in waiting. Almost, you know, not quite dead yet. But, uh, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, moving parts here that uh, – and his whole di uh, diplomatic – uh, kind of a thing and what, what kind of look you're going to have here um, going forward. So yeah, again, there's a lot of moving parts here as to why we might just want to let this one slide. The most important one in terms of, because they do let him go, by the way, they decide not to execute this guy who had nothing to do with it. Um, and the reason being is because he had nothing to do with it. And the reason the Patriot side kind of uh, calmed down a little bit is because Huddy's own wife was saying, he doesn't deserve to die for the death of my husband. He had nothing to do with it. You know, I want the guy that actually killed my husband. Right. And but they, he's he's cooling his heels up in Canada. At oh this yeah, point. he's already changing his name to Gretzky and everything. Um, but uh, <laughs> starting a hockey league. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyhow, so to to bring this one to an end here, this first international affair, uh, the French monarchy actually has to say, "Let cooler heads prevail." And they decide not to execute this officer. And uh, Captain Askerel is sitting there just saying, all right, uh, I'm going to go back to England now, guys. Is that OK? Yeah, sure. Get out of here, man. Sorry we almost hung you for nothing, you know, no crime you actually committed. But 
anyway, uh, it's pretty nuts on that whole side. That becomes known as, like I said, the first international incident, also known as the Askrell Affair. And by the way, the two sides negotiating against each other uh, on the side of the Patriots, Benjamin Franklin, on the side of the Loyalists, William Franklin, a father-son argument on each side of the aisle in terms of what to do about this whole situation. You say that would have been a bad podcast. I would have listened the, to the hell out of that podcast, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah, there was a couple. Of, It'd get personal every little, yeah, week. Yeah, difference of opinion for sure. Oh, um, big time. But that whole thing about sending Lin, uh, Lincoff up to uh, Canada, that was the move. Um, at the end of the Revolutionary War, a lot of these loyalists then took, uh, you know, all their family and possessions and moved up to Canada. And all of those uh, black slaves that were promised their freedom if they fought for the British, uh, there was a goodly number of those that were also uh, shipped off to Canada. However, once they got to Canada, the land that they were promised was a little second rate compared to some of the white uh, loyalists. But uh, that's a story for another day. They sent them to Newfoundland? <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, No. Um, there's, yeah, there was another. I think another South Park whole, said it all. New Finland is nothing but fishing and sodomy. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't say it. That was South Park. <laughs> we have Canadian listeners. All I right. appreciate you guys. There you go. Sorry about that. Um, oh, you got to be kidding me! <laughs> but and that's our episode of American Loser, folks. We're you on know, our way out. I'll say that episode. much here. Well, um, but that is, again, that first international affair, all because of the death of Joshua Huddy here. Now, uh, Huddy House is over in Colts Neck. Okay, you can go there. There's a revolutionary vibe to it. Damn good burger, too, by the way. And clean beer lines, I might add, folks. <laughs> so, you can personally attest to that. I can. I can attest to that one. It is a cool place. If you're ever in Jersey, do go check that out over there. Definitely, like I said, an American Revolutionary War vibe. Uh, pretty cool spot over there. I'll take a Hoon's one day. We'll go grab some food after work. Fuck yeah. But, um, uh, Huddy's grave is also, like we said, marked, or at least uh, the attempt a marker exists at the old tenant church. Uh, a historical plaque hangs in Rumson to mark his daring escape from Colonel Ty's capture. And Huddy Park down in Tom's River, where there's actually a, a built-up little fortification down there too in honor of uh, you know the, the, the battle there. And then Battle River Brewing also does a nice job with um, – uh, you know, first of all, they make good beer. Second of all, the owner's really cool. They let them do comedy there as well. I got a whole tour. <laughs> me and Sianci and his wife, Mel, actually got a whole tour of the facility while we were down there, there too. There you go. Um, so the guy was just talking to us about everything. And then all the beers there are named after, uh, I think it's like uh, Blue Coat Patriot Ale and stuff like okay. that. So it's really cool. And you wonder why. And that's because of this guy, Joshua Huddy, this larger than life, weird pseudo pirate, um, you know, uh, a drunken renegade Quaker who uh, wound up causing a little bit of shit down the Jersey Shore. <laughs> One man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm going to say this. Uh, I want to wrap up real quick. I want to say thank you to the Kahuna for putting in all the time and effort you have over there. Um, please, please, please continue to support the show here, guys. I'll find out what the hell's going on with the uh, uh, Apple podcast. That's pissing me off a little bit. Um Hopefully, this episode is able to go up here soon. We'll find out what's going on. Like I said, uh, if you're enjoying the stuff over on YouTube, leave comments on there too. We're trying to continue to grow the show that way. It's, we're trying to reach a wider audience so that we can get to do more cool stuff. I want to do man on the street stuff. I want to do weird little documentaries. I want to allow Kahuna to do uh, loser theater with puppets like he's been talking about <laughs> for three years now. Actually, Dad, he's been talking about it longer than that. Uh, I think since childhood. no. Definitely, he's been talking about that with us for over four years now. 
Four years. Four years Four of losing years. in style. Okay. Four years. If Uncle Paulie was here, what would he say? They don't give murderers four years. <laughs> so uh, it is a blast to do the show with you. I get to hang out with uh, my dad pretty much every week. Uh, Kahuna has become absolute family to us. This is four years of us doing the show. Uh, the only reason the show gets to live as long as it has is because of the people over at the Support. Founding Losers. Absolutely. Maybe year five I'll get to go to Burkefest, but we'll see. You've been invited oh, every been year. Invited. Hey, I, that's bullshit. I, I, <laughs> listen, the bullshit this year just he didn't off. tell me. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you guys, I was but teasing, I love it. I was teasing with cousin Megan. I said, you think I'm flaky? <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, man. But uh, I honestly, man, you guys are – Probably my favorite show that comes through here. Oh, I don't like the word I probably. Probably, yeah, Oof. yeah. No, like, come on. I can probably? listen. Abalo listens to this. I don't want him to cry. Abalo's a good man. <laughs> All right. But, you got you to gotta take care of your own. I know. That's yeah, exactly. true. You got your peeps. We got ours. Speaking of patriotic Everyone causes too, by the child. way. <laughs> Speaking of patriotic causes, I got to plug some dates real quick here if I can. Lawrence Patrick, do you have anything you want to say to the people while I bring my calendar up? Uh... No, I just uh, – the one little side note here, that old tenant church that you talked about where there is a historical plaque marking, um, you know, the site, if you will, of the uh, of the Huddy Grave. That's also a very cool uh, place to, to check out historically just for the Battle of Monmouth because uh, I believe the pews in that church were used as uh, – a, a temporary hospital from the Battle of Monmouth. So it's a – it, it's it goes way back. It goes way back. Well, uh, I also want to say that too. One thing I could point out real quickly is that uh, four years of us covering some of the weirdest losers in American history, it's an absolute <laughs> blast. Four years of puppet jokes, four years of inside jokes uh, between the three of us. The, the show, it, we can, we all clearly get along. That's why it's a great show. Yeah. Um, it's also four years of me asking my father, Dad, anything else you want to say? And he says, no. It's but, just that uh, – <laughs> There you go. So Yeah. Well, while we have you here too um, – you know, we got four years worth of losers and we're not running out of losers. But if uh, the listeners have anybody that they would like to suggest, please uh, contact us. Let us know. I mean, if you've got a favorite loser in your mind, let us know. Maybe we can dive into that. I, I love hearing from the, the the fans of the show, too. You guys are our friends as well. It's the extended universe, man. So uh, people like uh, Tyler Prysock, Jake Perro, Nick Franco, Stu Greenberg. Uh, you know, Mike Gorski came back into the picture too, man. Happy to have you back, brother. All right. Um, Deb P out there, Deb Potts. She's nuts. We love her. She's crazy. Um, we get so many great things. I'm leaving people out too, and I feel bad about that, but I had my phone on airplane mode, so I can't even bring up the Patreon. We're going to do something proper for you guys here now that we're back in action. Um, there will be an uh, exclusive Patreon episode at the very end of this month as well too that only people on Patreon are going to get. I'm not putting that out on YouTube. That's only for you guys because we're just grateful for what you do for us. Um, if you felt like it, if you felt like it, folks, um, you can check out uh, good old uh, Escape from Jacksonville. That's still free over on YouTube. I have a meeting with them. I believe we're finally clearing up the red tape for Sirius XM, Cahoons. So the, the audio done by the great Chris Matt will be available for that. Um, Friday, September 30th, I'll be opening for the great Robert Kelly. I believe that one is at uh, Jim Thorpe. Uh, Pennsylvania at the Mock Chunk uh, uh, Theater. It's one Wait of the most. That's a that's a loose reception there. The Molly Maguires were uh, <laughs> were executed right across the street. And Jim so Thorpe. It's and Jim Thorpe as well. Um, and then October first, I believe I'm at the Newtown Theater in Newtown, Pennsylvania, also opening up for the great Robert Kelly. 
Then uh, not opening up for anybody on uh, October 14th and 15th. I am headlining Nick's Comedy Stop in Boston, folks. Uh, I shouldn't say this. They tell you to act like you've been there before. I have closed shows before. I can headline. I'm capable of doing it. It's taken me all of the almost 11 years now, 10 and a half at least, of doing stand-up to put out something I'm confident in doing that amount of time for. But we've done it. And it is my first full weekend at a club. It's also a pretty legendary club. A lot of great Boston comics started out there who went on to big, big things, you know, like Bobcat Goldwaith, uh, Bill Burr, Louis C.K. I heard um, of those guys. Yeah. My, uh, uh, and, uh, you know, like another, honestly, the guy that's been, I don't, I don't have the career that I have without him, uh, uh, Bobby Kelly, who just means a lot to me. And um, also Nick DiPaolo, who told me that he watched the first 15 minutes of my special and loved it. And then he probably had something else to do. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Nick was a guy that helped me get uh, my first little bit of notice in uh, the business, if you will. So always grateful for all those crazy Boston comics that I love. Um, but that is the 14th and the 15th at Nick's Comedy Stop. That's in October. Come see me out there if you're in the area, man. Seriously, do that for me. It's going to be a damn good show, too. I'm not sure who's opening. Maybe I'll see what happens here. Uh, I have a wing and a prayer to be doing something pretty cool on October 29th that I'm not allowed to talk about just yet. <laughs> oh, I'll mark that down, but, Kev. <laughs> but let's just say, uh, let's just say, hey, babe, you know, um, <laughs> the people who get that one are going to get that. So, uh, and then in November, uh, November 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th, you can see my ass uh, opening on some shows, headlining on others at Side Splitters in Tampa, one of my favorite clubs in the entire country. I will be featuring for the great Bobby Kelly, and then I believe on the Thursday and the Sunday night shows, uh, they're letting me headline, baby, because that's what happens when Bobby doesn't want to do them. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, And we got some cool stuff we're trying to figure out now to make that happen down in Memphis. Uh, uh, Andy Highroller says hello, by the way, Kahuna, and he wants to call that show down there Escape from Your Family. It's it's a Black Friday night uh, uh, gig over in Memphis. And I will go down there eventually. I just apparently where Andy lives, you need a Kevlar vest to hang out. So, <laughs> That's uh, bets. Absolutely. But again, keep supporting the show if you guys can. Check out the special. Kahuna, anything you want to say to the fans after four years of being behind the ones and twos for us? Jesus. Four, <laughs> four years. I don't know, man. It's just been a pleasure. It's always – and I can't wait to see where we end up taking this show because this is going to be – it's just been a, an honor to be a part of. Well, we love you, man. It, the shows it, make me cry. Yeah. <laughs> there is something cool that uh, I'll just go ahead and announce as well. Um, the show started as a book. <laughs> got over that real quick. Nope. Nope. <laughs> no? Because uh, we, oh. we got we got some work we have to do on a few things. Oh, I do shit. have uh, a couple tiny little other projects we're going to put our mastermind creative over there in, uh, in charge of. But in terms of the sitting down and the writing portion – uh, I am going to be uh, putting out a book uh, where we will go over every American election. I will have this out by election year, not the midterms, all right? Give me at least a year and a half. <laughs> yeah. Everybody who's ran for president and lost, okay? That was the heart of the show. That was the original idea for everything when it was still a book, and I will be putting that out. We've already looked into self-publishing via Amazon. Also, in another additional project, too, involving the lighthouses of New Jersey because uh, I don't know why I'm captivated by them, but I am. So we're not stopping with the content. Okay, and I might I might be having to clean beer lines for the rest of my life. Um, I might be taking out a second mortgage on the mortgage I never had. But I'm, I can't stop at this point because too many people have uh, told me that they love the show and that we mean a lot to them. And I hope you guys know you mean a lot to us. And that was Joshua Huddy, American Loser. An American Loser.
fucking loser the day I was born An American loser the day I was born